You are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra, and on today's episode, I have a very special guest joining me. I have the pleasure of having award-winning astrologer and published author Anne Nordis Bike joining me today. How are you doing today, Miss Anne? I am fabulous, and thank you so much for having me today, Kyra. I'm delighted to be on your show and get a chance to talk to your listeners. Wow. Thank you so much. Absolutely. No problem. So I kind of want to get a little bit into your background, start off with that. So tell me a little bit about your background, where you're from and where you grew up. Sure. Um, I live in Chicago. Uh, I was born and raised a little bit north of the city in the suburbs outside of Chicago. And um, I've lived here all my life in this area. And I came to astrology as a little bitty person because when I was born, my father already knew what my chart looked like and what my zodiac sign was because he was a seeker. So I was really lucky. I was raised with a dad who was knew a lot about astrology as well as many, many other metaphysical areas. And there were a lot of people in our family. We had seven children. So it was a great laboratory to learn a lot about people, what makes them tick and how astrology fits in with that. That's awesome. So what age were you when you were actually taught astrology? I know you said that you were taught from your father, but how old was he when he also started his venture into astrology and what type of astrology was he versed in? So he was a seeker and a big reader. He was born in uh, 1920, and so he lived through the Depression, and all those years he was reading, he was seeking, but it wasn't until he got a little bit older and during the war years, because he did fight in World War II, and at one point he was uh, stationed in, uh, in a different state, and he met some people who knew about metaphysics, and that's when he started to learn more about it, although he'd been very curious since then and wondering about the nature of life, because he was a very sciencey guy. He was, an, he was training to be an engineer at this time when, uh, when he went into the military. And, but at the same time, he was uh, deeply, deeply intuitive and imaginative, and he needed to find a way to make those two work together. And astrology was a big part of how he did that. So he taught me, I uh, talked about astrology sort of around the dinner table, but I was the one out of all the seven of us who really picked up on it and ran with it. So actually, I started learning astrology in grammar school. Wow, that's awesome. So in learning astrology, what type of astrology were you taught? Were you taught, because I know there's a kind of a difference in between the two. They have a Western astrology and Vedic astrology. So yes. What, and what, ours, ours was a squarely Western astrology, except that my father belonged to the Theosophical Society, which, as you probably already know, was very much based in the teachings of ancient uh, India. Mm -hmm. And many of the folks who were involved with that were living in India for a time, as well as getting wisdom from the great masters of that tradition. And so my father actually brought both of those traditions. So along with Western astrology, he was teaching me things such as yoga and meditation and all of those Eastern disciplines, as well as some theosophical principles. Wow. So for those out there that are not super familiar with it, what is astrology exactly? Well, if we just look at the word itself, it comes from... 
uh, a word astro or astron, which means star, and the uh, the logi part, logia, is the study of. So it's the study of the stars. And up until uh, just a few hundred years ago, astrology was what people said when they meant astronomy. It is one of the original sciences for humanity. There wasn't any such thing as astronomers until recent, uh, de- recent centuries because it was the astrologers who were the ones who knew everything about um, the planets, the stars. They were the ones who were measuring and um, calculating, watching things such as eclipses. So astrology, it was this very, very important hard science and basic science in the sense that it used geometry, mathematics, and all of those other uh, sciences. In addition, it correlated all of that with hard things such as observation of how did these things correlate with what was going on in Earth. And so it was a vast science experiment over many, many thousands of years. All the astrologers were tracking the planets, but at the same time, they were tracking what was going on in people and on planet Earth to try to correlate, okay, so what happens with these cycles? And some of the things they learned are things that we still use today. For example, I'm sure that you and most of your listeners know about how the moon can affect people here on Earth. It affects the tides, absolutely. Anybody who sails, anybody who does anything with water knows you have to be really smart about the tides. That's the moon in place. So if the moon can have that much of an effect, it's useful to keep in mind that the planets and the stars also are part of this universe and there are vibrational energies with them that may have many impacts that we just, just don't know. So as far as what astrology is, well, it's the first original science about stargazing. And it was taught in universities, as a matter of fact, for about a thousand years until the age of enlightenment. Um, in addition to a science, though, I will definitely say it is an art. And it requires um, a lot of training to become uh, adept at it. And the artistry is the artistry that you'd see of uh, a psychologist, a counselor, perhaps a therapist for some people if they're trained as, as a social worker or, or psychologist. But it is also the art of living, Kyra. It is, uh, that's where astrology can move us into the mystical and spiritual side of life. It's very practical, but it's also um, a tool that can show us the art of living, how to be in harmony with cycles instead of fighting against them. Absolutely. So is it is it accurate to say that um, astrology dates back to over 30,000 to 10,000 BC years ago with the Babylonians and the Sumerians who often used it to communicate with the gods, know when to plant and know when to hunt? It definitely dates back thousands and thousands of years. And yes, all of these cultures um, were using astrology early on. The biggest reason exactly what you said how do you make sure everybody gets fed? When do you plant so that you're absolutely sure that the, that the seeds are going to germinate and grow? Because leaders, of course, if there was a famine, they might very well um, rise up against that leader or the entire group of people might not make it. And so these, this truly was life or death uh, sort of information that people needed to know. And it's the, it's the wise ones, the, the observers, the people who have tracked this knowledge and, and would have this repository of observations, who were the ones they would have to turn to. Certainly ancient Egypt 
with the flooding of the Nile, that was something that they had to watch for to know, okay, at this particular time, then it's time to plant to make sure that, that they would have enough to feed the entire population. So yes, you're absolutely right. And astrology would have developed over many thousands of years and become uh, more sophisticated, more complex, and, and more, um, more pinpoint accuracy about some certain insights into to human character. Yeah, so I want to get a little bit into the actual 12 zodiac signs itself. So that kind of dates back to around 700 BC when the zodiac will was actually created. But I want you to tell me a little bit more about what the importance of the characters in the zodiac will house is. In terms of like, why are the signs important or the stories or what were you? What stories and the signs, like what is the importance of the actual characters themselves? How did they come up with the characters for the 12 zodiac signs? So the number 12 is, um, is a highly uh, significant number. We have 12 months in the year. We have the 12 zodiac signs. Uh, in the uh, Old Testament, we have the 12 tribes of Israel. It, it's a very important spiritual number out there. It has to do with how we divide time how we organize things on the physical plane, whereas the number seven is more of a mystical, spiritual, divine number. And that has a bit more to say about cycles and the divinity, if you will. So the 12 correlates with observations uh, in the heavens and the constellations. And imagine there's no television thousands of years ago. And there's not all the light sources we have now. And can you imagine the wonderment of looking up at the night sky and how much it would have touched people's hearts and souls? First of all, it's frightening to be in the dark if you don't have light. But more than that, if you feel safe around the campfire, then here's your opportunity to be looking at the sky and start to see things in it. And this is a little bit where uh, Kyra, the spiritual mystical side of it comes in because very often the inspiration that comes from what we see, the meaning that we make from it has to do with what's going on on a soul level, if you will, um, uh, a spiritual level. It fills a need for what we have, what we need as humans, which we love stories. And so a great deal of this was telling stories about the pictures that they would have seen in the constellations here. In addition, this correlates with, well, uh, noticing about how did the energy feel when those uh, particular parts of the sky were emphasized, when the sun would do its thing in springtime, and it's in the sign of Aries, which is the first sign of the zodiac. What are the energies like? Well, they burst forth. They're fiery. They, they start spring. It has to start with a bang. But then you go to the next sign, Taurus, and that's, uh, that's a gentle, more peaceful sign. Things have germinated, and now it's time for them to grow and become lush and lovely. And I, in my uh, reading and my experience, Part of what astrology does is to notice that, oh my goodness, when the sun moves through these signs, not only does nature respond, but the human people born at those times also are very much carry those energies that are reflected in nature. And uh, so our zodiac reflects, um, in Western astrology, it's called tropical astrology because it has to do with uh, the seasons. It reflects the story of what happens in nature through an entire cycle of the year. Wow. 
So, okay, so the signs are correlated, but also we have the elements in astrology. Yes. What exactly do the elements represent? I know it's fire, water, and then what is the other one that's involved in the element that make up the elements of astrology? Earth and air. Okay. And what does it represent itself? So uh, we have three uh, signs for each of those elements. And so the first sign of the zodiac, Aries, is fire. So we start with fire. They trade off. And so from fire, we go to earth, which is Taurus. So fire is um, the energy, if you will. Literally, you know, when they say, let's light a fire under that and get it going, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's the spark. It's the spark of divine genius. It's the spark of um, here on earth. You know, you need uh, the spark to actually uh, light a flame or the combustion engine in a car. You know, you need something, the starter. That's what that, that fire does. After that, when we have earth, earth is representative of the physical body as well as our planet earth herself. So it's that physical container that we all have it's very stabilizing because if you have this fire you've got to ground it into something and that's what happens after we have Aries then we have Taurus that grounds this fire into something and after Taurus we get Gemini which is an air sign so air signs air is about the mind yeah how do we think about these plants what are we going to do with them let's analyze them and uh, let's classify them and then let's talk about it gemini loves to talk Mm -hmm. after gemini we get cancer which is a water sign water fertilizes and uh nurtures and it cools it puts a fire out when things get too hot and bothered uh it also brings tears sometimes we need to cry or sometimes we need a bath or sometimes we need the tide to come in so we can sail a ship Uh, that's what water does it's the subconscious and it's the emotions Mm. and after cancer then we start the cycle again we get leo another fire sign dramatic uh, fiery, passionate. Um, after that, we get um, Virgo, another earth sign, super practical. That's about uh, the harvest because that's harvest time. After that, we get Libra, which is uh, about relationships. It's an air sign. So the air, in addition to communication, it's about how do we talk to other people? How do we figure out a way to communicate and be good diplomats and make sure we have harmony? And uh, Scorpio, that's one of our favorite signs, as we discussed, Kyra. That's me, yes. (laughs) Comes after that. That's the deep, deep sign of the Zodiac. That's also super passionate. Uh, And it likes secrets. Mm -hmm. It likes to know the mysteries of life. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised that you have a show like this at all. You want to dig deep and you want to find the answers. No lightweight questions with you. Exactly. (laughs) And, and after you, we get more fire. We get Sagittarius, which is a beautiful sign. It's, uh, it wants to expand. It wants to travel and explore. So after we've dug deep and dug up all the dirt, if you will, they make great journalists, by the way, Scorpios do. Yes, ma'am. Then we get Sagittarius that wants to publish that news and wants to travel and see the whole world. And it's excited and it wants to you know, study new things like metaphysics and uh, religion and, and other interesting topics. And after Sagittarius, we get more practicality. We go into Capricorn, which is an earth sign, which wants to start corporations and be a CEO and be in charge and and get serious and practical about things. Then we get Aquarius, another air sign, 
ruled by the planet Uranus, which is our little oddball of all of the planets, it rolls around at a 45 degree angle. It's like it's on its side. It's, it's, it's the, it goes to the beat of its own drummer. It does its own thing. It's an air sign. So it gets brilliant ideas. It's got to figure out how to ground those in reality. And then the last sign of the zodiac is Pisces. It brings us back to water. That's where we really get in touch with our connection with the divinity, with um, our emotions, and uh, with all, you know, all those feelings you have where you're so moved by something, that's what Pisces feels. It's compassion for others, and it's the lovely feelings that make us want to create dance or music or photography or film or art of any kind. And then after that, we start a new cycle once again in a new year with Aries. Mm, that's wonderful that's a good little background in it now I kind of have a little bit more of a better idea of like what my sign is about because oftentimes at least when I was in high school I always used to read you know the daily horoscopes to see what's going on with Scorpios and what's going to be happening in the term of events of that particular day but oftentimes I never really understood the background behind my sign so Mm -hmm. I will definitely say that in terms of us being very good investigators and being able to keep secrets, but also being very passionate and understanding and very loyal is something that I would definitely say, you know, embodies me as a person. So I would definitely say what usually, you know, you read on your signs seems to be pretty accurate for the most part. Yes. Yes. And one of the wonderful things about um, any kind of um, astrology column, no matter how brief those um, descriptions are, mm-hmm. every column teaches us. I remember when I was a little kid, I loved looking at it because you have in front of you all of those signs I just talked about, and they're in order, and usually they'll give you the dates, and a lot of times they'll give you the symbol. Every <clears throat> astrology sign has a symbol. You talked about the stories a little bit ago, Kyra. Mm-hmm. Well, the story of Aries, uh, it's, it's the ram. Uh, ram's charging in head first, literally. Mm-hmm. And for Taurus, it's a bull. Mm-hmm. It's being placid out in nature. But if you push him too far, then you'll have a very angry bull who comes charging. Mm-hmm. This is part of the stories that help us understand what these energies are like and how to bring out the best in them. For, for Gemini, it looks like a Roman numeral two, you know, two... Uh, vertical lines with horizontal lines across them. Mm-hmm. That's the symbol. It's the twins. So it's two people. So if you've ever known Gemini's, a lot of times they've seen like two different people. It's like, well, which one's going to be with us today? Yeah. And, and what will the personality be like? Exactly. The cancer is the moon. It's, it's the little crab that wants to hold on to things. They are very interested in security. If you think of their little claws holding on to things and they go back and forth and then they dart forward to grab what they want. So they're, they're very cautious. They're, they're like everybody's mom who wants to make sure we're all taken care of and safe. They're the ones who say, I'm cold. You put on a sweater, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just like our moms do. And Leo, that's, uh, that's the lion. So it's the, the queen or the king of the jungle, as well as the people who feel very regal, but they're leaders. And they shine with their hearts because it rules the heart. Uh, after that, we get Virgo. The symbol for that is the virgin. It has nothing to do with sexuality, by the way. What it has to do with is the idea of the independent person. Very often you'll see Virgos marry a little bit later in life, especially the ladies, uh, because they are so independent. 
they're very much, I can take care of myself. They're very practical. They have their act together, very modest. They just get on with it and get the job done. Um, but they're the ones who have this impartiality about um, the harvest. They help us bring in the harvest and make sure the food is pure. That's where the purity comes in with the virgin uh, symbolism. Libra is a scales. It's the only sign in the zodiac for any of our listeners. If you're a Libra, this is a very special sign because it's the only sign that has an inanimate object as its symbol. Everything else is an animal or a person. And those scales symbolize things such as justice. So you'll see them outside courthouses and such. It's the same concept, Cairo, where how do we balance things? How do we do things fairly? And um, it's a sign that's related to marriage as well. How do we negotiate and ha- make sure both partners are, are cared for and can express themselves? After that, we move into Scorpio because that's where the passion and the romance and the intimacy come in. Another thing that lo- Scorpio loves <laughs> Because they want to dig deep. Yeah. Yeah. want to get really close to people. Um, That's also a sign related in some respects to health, digging out any disease and getting rid of it. So it's it's, uh, related to surgery, but its symbol Mm -hmm. is the scorpion. So the scorpion sting is uh, harsh and bitter, but um, oh my goodness, if you're... (laughs) But you know, the higher symbol for Scorpio is... um, Two of them. One is the snake, which is an ancient symbol of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one, when Scorpios really live up to the best part of their natures, it's the eagle. They fly with the eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best part of, of humanity, you know. They dig deep and then they can soar high with that knowledge. For um, Sagittarius, that symbol is the archer. You talked before about knowing when to hunt and when to plant. Well, Sagittarius is the hunter. They're always on the hunt, seeking something new. If you want to try something wild and new, call a Sagittarius. They're pretty much up for anything, and they will go until they drop. They just love trying new things and exploring and traveling. And even if they never leave their hometown, they want to armchair travel by reading books and having higher education and degrees and things. Capricorn takes us back down to earth. They want you to be practical. They want you to you can't skip any steps. This is the school teacher who says, uh-uh, we're going to hold you back a grade if you don't pass every test this year. get those A's. You bet. That, uh, that symbol is the goat. So that's the mountain goat who is very sure-footed. Have you ever seen those pictures where they have goats perched on these precarious crags on, in, in the mountains, you know? Uh-huh. That is the Cap- the Capricorn goat. It will cling to that and keep climbing. It never gives up. Um, and it's lonely at the top sometimes. They have to remember that they have to keep friends and loved ones near them because sometimes they can get a little single-minded about uh, becoming the CEO. Mm-hmm. And after them is Aquarius. Now, their symbol is very interesting. It's called the water bearer. It's a person who has a vase or a jug of water and is pouring it out. Oftentimes, people think that that means it's an it's a water sign, but it's not. It's an air sign, actually. What that vase represents is a storehouse of wisdom, and it's pouring it out freely to all of humankind and and all of of creation. What Aquarius wants to do is uh, humanitarian action. They these are the people who are friends with everybody, want to include everybody, and they want to make the world a better place somehow. And they really believe in their ideals and they help us get there. 
and uh, Pisces. Pisces is the water sign. It's the two fish yoked together. And the trick with Pisces is is to know with a fish, which one you're going to be. You're going to uh, just go downstream and sort of go with the flow, which sometimes we need to do in life. Or are you actually going to be like the salmon swimming upstream to make sure that you actually fulfill your spiritual path? That's the that's the trick with Pisces. They have to really swim that fine line with their uh, with their fishy nature, you know, and to stick to the high road. Yeah, they say that Scorpios are really compatible. At least most of my friends are either Cancers or Pisces. They're very emotional people, at least from my experiences. But we seem to, I always seem to really click and hit it off with people that are Cancers or Pisces for the most. Yeah, that water, uh, you both, you share water in common. Mm-hmm. And in some respects, those three signs, they can tell just where it hurts and they know what you need. Mm. So we'll equally yoke together. <laughs> <laughs> So, so they do work together, but, yeah. but you know what? Any two signs of the Zodiac can work, by the way, even the most unusual pairing and, and some of the most challenging pairings make for fabulous marriages because mm-hmm. it forces both people to stay on their toes and to always be communicating and stay on top of things. In other words, you can't put it on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you get too comfortable with your fellow water sign there, sometimes you have to step back and go, okay, we better talk about things. We better, or at least cry about things. Well, that's actually good that you brought that up because I was going to ask, so even though you can be compatible with one particular sign, that doesn't mean that that's your soulmate necessarily. And someone of the opposite sign who you may not be as compatible with could be someone that you fall in love with and get married and live happily ever after with, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's useful in those cases to have um, a closer look at the two birth charts, because a lot of times if you feel things click, Mm -hmm. um, the best thing is go with that Mm -hmm. Uh, and then and sort out the the charts later. And because the charts will typically tell you, wow, you have these cool things that are making connections. And so this is really something that can work. So in other words, when people ask me, well, which sign should I look for? Honestly, look for somebody who is kind and loving and has all those things that that we all want in life. Somebody who cares about you. And what then when you find out the sign, then then that's your chance to figure out, oh, well, what makes them tick? And how can we make these two signs really sing together? That's a much more creative way to do life, a much more fun way. Because otherwise, you're, you're shutting off an awful lot of signs <laughs> if you're only going with water signs. Yeah. You are. You never know what's out there. You never know what can happen. You know, you're missing out on a great opportunity to live happily ever after. Exactly. Yes. So I want to get a little bit into careers. So I know that you started your own um, A&B communications and you started a marketing and communications company and you serve many Fortune 500 companies such as Accenture and Philips Medical Systems. So how did you make the transition from business into making a career out of astrology? You know, I reached a point where I realized, wow, you know, um, I had all this training as a young person in this metaphysical, mystical, spiritual side, and I really <clears throat> felt it calling so so deeply to me the, the longer things went on, and I just felt 
this is a thing that not everybody has. And if I've been given this, I need to figure out a way to share this. And so that's really the biggest reason why I went in that uh, direction, because I was just feeling that the work I was doing needed another dimension. In other words, it felt like it was missing something for me. And I saw so many times that if astrology had been brought into the equation, the projects I worked with and the clients I assisted all could have gone perhaps more smoothly in some cases and definitely to um, a more harmonious outcome if folks had been open to astrology or had been aware of it. I'm I'm thinking in particular, uh, Kyra, of things such as Mercury retrograde. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, many of your listeners may very well have heard of Mercury retrograde, but for those who haven't, I'll just quickly say Mm -hmm. the planet Mercury is the one that travels closest to the sun. It's little bitty Mm -hmm. and um, it's, it's the communicator and three times a year, it looks from Earth as if it's moving backwards in the sky. Now, it isn't, but it looks like it. And those backward motion, apparently, correlates with times when communication goes haywire. Mm-hmm. And astrologers typically recommend it's not a good time to launch something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great time to do a prototype because then you can find out the bugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not a good time for something new. Also, it's a time when communication can really have challenges so it's not a good time to sign a contract or to negotiate terms and that sort of thing uh it's also a difficult time uh if you're working on a communication project for example to really get to the nub of what you're trying to do what the mission or the message is and so for those three weeks three times a year when it's retrograde my recommendation now would be let's go back and look at prior projects or let's do other things as we build up to this, let's gather facts. It's a great time to gather information. And that's when we need you because you'd be the one who'd be digging deep to get everything. <laughs> as you see now, with all the questions I have for you. <laughs> Which I absolutely adore because I have two plants in Scorpio and I have many people in my life who are Scorpios and I, I love them. Um, they're the detectives of the Zodiac, you know, and the, and the spies, you know. <laughs> great spies. <laughs> Undercover agents, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Operation Ira. Yes, yes. So it, it it really felt to me as if this piece of me needed to be expressed. And in addition, I just knew that it could help people so much. And even if they weren't aware of it, if I could figure out a way to bring that timing in or that astrology wisdom in terms of how I managed, you know, projects and worked with clients, that that could sure help a lot. So that's actually the biggest reason I did it. It just kept calling to me and it got louder and louder and it was just time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even with astrology, it has been used and practiced from people in many different aspects of their careers, such as doctors, astronomers, and of course, mathematicians. But I also know that for a couple of hundred years, astrology kind of disappeared. But um, how do you feel like uh, astrology can help people with success in their business and careers? Well, um, it is probably one of the most practical and simple things that can really help in the business arena. At the very least, it if you know your zodiac sign and you know a little bit about your chart, that is going to tell you so much about the types of work that are going to be suitable for you. It'll save you a lot of time 
with trying things out that aren't really quite right for you. And I'm not knocking that either, by the way, because I think all of us have some interesting false starts in life and those make for some fabulous experiences. However, as the years come along and it's time to focus, astrology can help us do exactly that. For example, if you have a, a Gemini and you try to make that person sit in a box all day, do the same thing, um, and not talk to people, that's going to be really difficult because Geminis really need to circulate. They need to move around. They need to talk to people. By the same token, a Taurus would be delighted to probably be, um, you know, set, set in one place, do the work. Or Capricorn would be very much work for years towards a goal that will take a long time to fulfill. So that, will, you know, just knowing that will help people with their personality so that they will be happy in their work instead of working so hard and then realizing they maybe didn't make the right choice. So that's, that's one thing. But some of the other things is that astrology can really help when you actually figure out what you want to be doing and what really is a great fit with your skills, which sometimes is a different thing, by the way, and, and that's another thing that we all have to work on. But once you really start to narrow in on it, how many times have you seen people mess up their own chances because they couldn't figure out how to get along with other people? But that's what astrology can help us all do. Mm -hmm. I spent time earlier in our conversation today talking about all the signs, and I did that on purpose. And I actually wrote a book called Follow the Sun, yes. which takes you through all 12 signs of the zodiac. And the reason I did that is for all of us to really succeed in business, we need to know about not just our own signs, but the other 11. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is every single zodiac sign is in our birth charts. Every person has all 12 signs in their chart, oh. which some of them are more emphasized than others. For example, wherever your son is, like your son is in Scorpio, so that's real emphasized for you. Mm -hmm. But all of us, it's really important to have a working knowledge of it, it, and it doesn't, you have, don't have to be an expert, you know, you don't have to dig as deep as our Scorpio Kyra here is today. Yes. <laughs> um, but to have a, a loose working knowledge will really help you because you'll have a better sense. Let's say you're in sales and you know you're going to be meeting with a water sign. Well, you need to let this person talk about his or her feelings. What if you're working with an air sign? Oh, then you really need to know how to make good conversation, maybe know how to, how to tell a few jokes, mm -hmm. and you need to listen to them talk. They may need to really talk a lot, mm -hmm. and maybe an earth sign won't want to talk at all. They just want the numbers, baby. Mm -hmm. um, and a fire sign wants you to just dazzle them, tell them a story, and make them help, help them see the vision. So if you know those things, you're going to be so much more effective. And then just imagine if you start a business or you're a manager, if you're managing people, it's so important to, to know how to approach each of them. They can't be all treated the same in the sense of their personalities. Um, they, they, we all need to, it's like when you have children or you have a sports team, each person needs a little bit something different. Yeah. And we can get so much more sensitive to that and so much smarter about it. Uh, if we know people's uh, zodiac signs, it will really go a long way in terms of, you know, the old thing, <laughs> win friends and influence people. Mm -hmm. the, the other piece that astrology will definitely help us do is how do we start making good relationships with partners, joint venture people, 
clients, customers, all those things. It, it just ripples outward and, and the intelligence that you get from it will really can help you be more successful. Yeah, I would def- that's definitely so true because, you know, when I was working in uh, customer service, I found myself, you know, it's it being a little difficult to get along with certain people. And although I may have been, you know, I have better relationships with either Cancer or Pisces, I've noticed that even sometimes in certain situations, I found it hard to get along with them and people in general. So I think that that is great knowledge to have for people to understand that even though, you know, you may be of a certain sign, learning how to get along with all of those other signs, because we're not, in the, at the end of the day, we're not the only ones that live on this planet. So learning how to engage with other people in a healthy way is very important, especially when it comes to the workplace. So yeah. definitely say that that's something that a lot of people should look a little bit more into and dive a little deeper when it comes to that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so if you ever have children, you'll be really glad you did it. Oh yes, because <laughs> that's a. I mean, that's a. That's another situation too. Is when you have children, you never know how they're going to grow up to be. You can only give them the tools that you were taught and the knowledge that you've had throughout life, and try to give it to them and see how they take it. You know. Yes. You never really. Yes. So with the decline, uh, with the rise of churches, I know um, that, you know, there's a lot of superstitions that started to form around astrology and them kind of shunning the idea of astrology and making it seem like it was something that wasn't good to do. So do you feel like today astrology is connected with spirituality? And what are your thoughts on why um, astrology was so stigmatized by religion? I think there's several reasons for that. I, I will just back up and say that <clears throat> up until more modern times, astrology was definitely part of um, religious practice, spiritual practice, um, worship. Uh, many of the great cathedrals in um, Europe have zodiacs in them. Mm. And the United States of America and Washington, D.C., there's a lot of zodiacs there, too. Uh, many public buildings have them. Other places have them. This is ancient knowledge that's out there, and it's not that it's um, it's not that it's about um, worshiping the signs or anything. It's nothing like that. It's also not about fortune telling. That is a misuse of astrology, and I think in part that is what the objection is: that people will turn away from the divine. Mm-hmm. And instead, rely on uh, horoscopes or false prophets and such. Mm-hmm. And in that respect, the best way to use astrology is <clears throat> in terms of looking at it as a tool mm-hmm. and not as a crutch. And I, I would agree with anybody who might have a feeling that, wow, you know, it's, it's just fortune telling. I agree in the sense that if people get dependent on it, if people won't make a move without <clears throat> consulting somebody, in other words, if they're just paralyzed, that's that's not probably the best use of astrology. Actually, the best use of astrology is to have a much longer view, to look at longer cycles instead of moment by moment and day by day, because <clears throat> we just have to get up and live each day. And Sometimes it's not about the stars. It's just about you need to get up and do this job or you need to get up and meet with this person or or take care of this child or whatever it might be. Um, And sometimes it's really tough. And that's that's where faith comes in 
we turn within when we face difficult times. But what astrology can really help us with is to tell us <clears throat> when times on earth are likely to be a little bit more challenging. That's, and when we might really need to spend much more time in prayer and meditation and that sort of thing. But I will say that <clears throat> the language of astrology uh, has a quality to it that feels very devotional. It is possible to meditate on the signs and the symbols and to really tune in on, in an inward way with the most spiritual part of ourselves, the religious part of ourselves. You know, we're all taught love one another. Mm-hmm. And what astrology can help us do is exactly that. Because if we will accept the Aquarius inside ourselves, you have it in you, I have it in me, we'll accept the, the Pisces inside of ourselves, the, the Taurus, if we will heal those pieces, love those parts of us, and then turn out and love those in everybody else, that will really help us go a long way towards creating peace and harmony on planet Earth. And so in that respect, it's a wonderful support for whatever your faith tradition is. It really, the best part of astrology is about knowing yourself. And when we really know ourselves, we know ourselves as children of the divine. And we must live up to that light that we're given. And so I find astrology to be a very precious uh, piece of wisdom to help us do that. It's not, not a replacement at all. It is, it is a tool. It's maybe very practical. At the same time, it's deeply mystical. Absolutely. And it's universal. It's been practiced amongst many countries like Egypt, Greece, India, China. So it's something that, you know, obviously a lot of people hold very dear to them. And it is something that shouldn't be frowned upon or looked at, you know, as a stigma or something that's bad. You know, it's something that we can all benefit from ultimately. Yes. And I think in uh, certain times in history, you know, it goes back and forth where some people might feel uncomfortable with it. Very often that's tied to political power. Mm -hmm. Um, It also sometimes is tied to things such as if somebody sees some things in the stars and knows that a difficult time is coming, Mm -hmm. People in power might not always be comfortable with that because um, sometimes they feel that might take control away from them. Mm. And so very often uh, things might be politically motivated when you see this throughout history uh, coming back. Um, Or it may be that somebody else wants something else to take the place of it. Uh, it's part of all of the wisdom traditions available to us. Um, But we're very fortunate to live in an age uh, where it's uh, accepted by many people and where it's available. So those who might be a little less comfortable with it, it's out there so that if they ever want to find out about it and see what it might hold for them, it's there for them. Mm-hmm. And many uh, presidents also use astrology, right? As a form of kind of like helping them to know when to make certain moves when it came to dealing with uh, situation, current events within the country. I think Jan uh, would use it from time to time. It's certainly the founders of the United States were versed in astrology. Absolutely right. Um, 
in, and they knew ancient traditions and ancient symbolism. And yes, many uh, leaders, including U.S. presidents, have used it. Uh, a famous example would be Ronald Reagan, where it was actually written about in, in newspapers. Mm-hmm. Others, perhaps it was not written about um, or, or perhaps known as much, but definitely at the beginning of this country, they were very much in tune um, with that. And, and did you know, actually, that... Um, the United States timing is related to astrology. The, wow. the uh, United States is a cancer nation because it quote unquote born on the 4th of July that the sun is in cancer on the 4th of July and elections are held during Scorpio time in November yeah. and inauguration before it was moved to January uh, before the 1930s, it was held in March. In, the, in Pisces time. So is the triangle of the water signs. Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. That's great knowledge. You know, I did not know any of that. And, you know, now it makes sense. Like you said, astrologically, they pick those particular dates because for that reason, however, a lot of people kind of like know when to vote during November or why we celebrate the 4th of July and so forth. But no one really kind of knew the backstory behind that. At least I did it. So, yeah, it's kind of great to know that. So definitely business people have used astrology for, you know, let's face it, millennia, you know, um, leaders of countries and um, leaders of large companies. In fact, many of the great fortunes in the United States, particularly in the 19th century, were uh, amassed by people who were working with astrologers. There's a woman from uh, New York. This is back more than 100 years ago. Her name was Evangeline Adams, and she advised many of the financiers, J.P. Morgan, among other people, a lot of people in the stock market going back more than 100 years worked with astrologers to perfect things such as market timing. And they're still doing it today, even if they don't talk about it. Wow. And I know around the 19th century, you know, astrology started to kind of come back more popularized or got its mojo back, if you will. And it's been, you know, placed in numerous magazines, newspapers, online columns. Why do you feel like uh, after all these years, astrology started to become more popularized again years later? So I have a couple things to mention about that. So when... um, so this is approximately 1600 or thereabouts um, or 1700, it, that period, it was leading to it. But by 1700 or thereabouts, they were no longer teaching um, astrology in the universities in Europe because the age of enlightenment had come. And that is when they moved more into astronomy instead of astrology and they removed them. And in part, that was actually a political move that had to do with what was going on in England at that time. And But I will say that there was popular astrology that was around all the time. They had, if if you know the old farmer's almanac, if you've heard of that? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, they had almanacs like forever, basically. It was a thing that regular people could get. And those almanacs would have astrology in them because it was the thing that helped people know when to plant because it would give the lunar cycles and that sort of thing. So astrology has actually always been alive and well, particularly in the United States, all of that uh, knowledge with the um, the almanacs and as well as things they would call them herbals. So these, there weren't, you know, a lot of physicians around and there weren't hospitals in the early days of the United States. And so they had the almanacs to help with the astrology for planting and timing. And then they had the herbals, which would talk about 
um, healing and medicine related to people's um, body type and zodiac sign and all those kinds of things, as well as the types of things that you could do to help with various conditions. And so these were out there, you know, for hundreds of years and the almanac still survives with the old farmer's almanac that I, I, I come from farming stock. My, my ancestors farmed the land and, and they, they went by all of that. And that's why they were able to successfully grow crops. So, but as for why it's gotten more popular, as of the late 19th century, uh, the sun sign column began uh, to be thought of. And early 20th century, it came into being. And that is really when things started to take off, when they started doing these columns that would have all 12 signs. And that helped keep astrology alive in public consciousness, too, because, as I said before, all 12 signs right in front of you with the dates. Anybody can learn it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I hear the term uh, sun, moon, and rising a lot. What does that actually really represent? So all of those have to do with your birth chart. Mm -hmm. And uh, for any of our listeners who have never seen a birth chart, so it's sometimes called a horoscope or a natal chart. Natal coming from the sun word is nativity, meaning the time that you're born. This is the great contribution that the ancient Greeks made to astrology. They came up with this system of the birth chart. This It's a circle and it's, it looks like pie because it's divided into 12 slides, 12 slices, if you will. It's 12 houses. It's the 12 signs, if you will. And so what, what happens in astrology is if you know your birth time, mm-hmm. then you can get an exact chart that shows a snapshot of what did the sky look like in the place you were born at the exact moment you took your first breath. Mm -hmm. And that is your horoscope. That's your birth chart. Mm -hmm. That will tell you a lot. First of all, it will tell you the sun. It'll tell you where was the sun when you were born. So you know you're a Scorpio, but if you have your birth chart, it'll tell you exact the degree and minute of arc into the sign that it is. Mm -hmm. And then you have your moon sign. What that tells you is where was the moon on the day that you were born? What sign was it in? and, And how does it relate to the other planets? And then your chart will also have something called your rising sign. It's also called the ascendant. And what that means is it's the sign that was rising at the moment you were born, meaning it's the sign that was coming up on the eastern horizon at the moment you were born. That is a very important point um, in the chart. It tells a lot about your personality your physical self and um, how you come off to others. If it's different from your moon and your sun, if people meet you and they don't know you that well, they very often will see you as that rising sign. Mm. Your personality will seem to be that way till they get to know you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then they see the real you. <laughs> yes, exactly. And for you, that'll be as you decide to parcel out your secrets. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kyra, you have to give them a magnifying glass to look at you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my next topic so i've been looking for an eligible suitor and my milkshake is bringing all the wrong boys to the yard so (laughs) as far as compatibility how do you how does astrology determine your compatibility with the romantic partner and do i have any eligible suitors coming anytime soon for me at being a scorpio oh you scorpio oh my (laughs) what are you doing tomorrow 
Oh, nothing. (laughs) So in the, in modern astrology, which is what most Western astrologies practice. And that, what that means is we use the modern planets that go with the, the signs. So that means Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. So Uranus goes with Aquarius. It used to be Saturn. And Neptune goes with Pisces. It used to be that Jupiter ruled Pisces. And then Pluto goes with Scorpio. It used to be Mars. But this year has been very interesting for you because your planet Pluto has been in Capricorn um, for several years. But joining him there has been Saturn for the last couple of years and Jupiter, And Jupiter is a bringer of good things, expansion, all those kinds of things. And so a little bit of luck, you know, if you're prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's one of those, be careful what you wish for. So um, it's possible, you know, have have you looked for somebody a little bit older, more responsible, perhaps? Definitely more responsible. Someone kind of on my level of maturity, which I kind of feel like, is a little hard in these times because people, they don't really have, they don't, I feel like people aren't really looking for a genuine connection when it comes to finding a relationship. A lot of people, at least in my generation nowadays, are just looking to kind of hook up, you know? Yeah. So and you're playing for keeps. Yes, exactly. So. Yeah, no messing around with Kyra. No, not uh, at all. Yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say when you start your birthday, Mm-hmm. that you start a brand new cycle. And so this next month and a half or so is just a, a really delightful time for you mm-hmm. to really be more you. To you've, you've closed out the last year because you start a brand new personal year the day of your birthday. Mm-hmm. And so this is a wonderful time to perhaps make some wishes, think about your hopes and dreams, and start to visualize what you would like to see. Not necessarily a person, but what type, not, not necessarily a sign, but what type of energy, what, what sort of thing are you looking for, you know, what type of person. And then, be, and then be open. And sometimes that means being vulnerable, Scorpio. You have to be open enough and show enough of yourself to let somebody in. It's true. It's been hard for me, but I'm learning, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you want to protect yourself, I know. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, when trying to find a a partner that suits you, you do have to open up that, you know, side of you and let you out. And, you know, they can't read your mind. That's the other thing to remember for Scorpios. They really can't. They may know what hurts a bit, but you do have to still talk and communicate. True. Very true. I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) But you'll speak from your heart, you know. Um, there's there's so much depth in there. You need to find somebody else who will really enjoy your depths. Maybe you might think about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you it, look for people who enjoy a mystery or who like to dig a bit deeper? I don't know if you're interested in those kinds of things. If you read mysteries, uh huh, I do. I love them. Then and yes, me too. And it's a classic. For Scorpios, you like to dig deep and you want to find out what's going on. So you like mystery mysteries and you like the deep spiritual mysteries too. Yeah. So that, these are these are places that you might look for other kindred hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. So with all that's going on this year in you know 2020, you know we've had the pandemic going on, we've had the protests, we've had you know this election. What is the forecast for 20? 20- 
2021 astrologically and what months do we need to watch out for for with the large planetary aspects or alignments? You're just wondering if you need to flinch yet, aren't you? <laughs> Please tell me when. <laughs> I know it's and it's been, you know, it's been so difficult yes. worldwide. Everybody listening, my heart goes out to you and to all of us. Um, everybody has been touched by what has gone on this year and how hard it has been. And none of us are untouched by this. So 2020 has been a very challenging year, needless to say. And the astrology makes that obvious. We have three heavy hitter planets in Capricorn. And Capricorn is a sign, like I said, it's the stern taskmaster of the school teacher who says, get on the stick, come on, get going, do the work. And, you know, not only the ruler of Capricorn there, Saturn, which is a hardworking, you know, you know, nose to the grindstone, Jupiter, like expanding all that, making us work even more and hard. You know, we think about the essentials working out there, all of the frontline workers who are working double time and more. It's, it's just so challenging. And then Pluto, making it even deeper. They've made it life and death, literally. So very difficult for all of us. So that said, um, on my website, I will be posting some new information where we're, you and I are talking now in November and we will be, um, as we draw closer to 2021, I will be putting more information up, including what that year is going to look like. So I encourage people when they have a chance, go check out the website. It's astrologeranne.com, all run together. Mm-hmm. And um, what, in my estimation, first of all, it's going to be a quite different year. We are looking at some major cycles ending. So, so as hard as it's been for everybody, stick with it, folks, because we're coming close to the end of some of the darkest part of it. Right. Um, things will start to lift by mid to late December, and we're going to have very new energies in play starting in 2021. And so this heavy, hard earthy Capricorn focus is going to shift and kind of quickly and it's going to shift to air where things are going to lighten up. It doesn't mean we don't still have work to do, but there will be more optimism available and some of the most difficult work will be finished by the time we get to, to the end of this year. I also want to point out the planet Uranus and, and Kyra, you asked earlier about love relationships. So I'm talking specifically about the Scorpios out there and perhaps the Taurians. We're listening. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Your opposite sign Mm-hmm. is Taurus. Mm-hmm. And symbolically, that's your marriage house. Now, in your actual timed zodiac chart, it would probably be different. But if we just go by your sun sign, mm-hmm. the seventh house, which is always opposite the first house, mm-hmm. is the seventh sign. And so that sign is opposite you for you as a Scorpio and all the Scorpios out there listening is Taurus. Something unusual has been going on for you since 2018, and that is that the planet Uranus, which is going to be huge, I'm telling you, it's going to get even bigger starting in 2021, and that's why we're talking about this. Uranus is the planet of unexpected change. That does not mean bad. That means change. It means the unexpected. It means roll with the punches. It means be prepared for anything and open up to the unexpected and the, frankly, sometimes strange, oddball, weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So that, in some ways, is your assignment for possible, if you're looking for marriage partners. Now, if you're looking for romance, <laughs> that's, 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> definitely looking for romance. <laughs> yeah. The romance is Pisces. That's why you feel so comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. But if you actually want the marriage thing, if you want it to make it official, you might want to think a little bit more about somebody with uh, their feet on the ground, like a stable tourist type. Mm. But, but right now, the, the, the Taurians are being very disrupted because Uranus is in their sign, and it's been there since 2018. It's going to be there till 2025. Wow. That affects all of us. It affects um, everything financial, all possessions and money. So, and we can see it around us. Money is changing how it's handled, what it means, who's got it, who's going to get it, all that. Um, all of that is shifting to help even that out and bring, you know, a bit more stabilizing and remake how money works in this entire globe. Mm-hmm. And so that's a thing for all of us to be paying attention to in this coming year. The reason it's so important is a bunch of other planets are going to be in Aquarius mm-hmm. and the ruler of Aquarius is Uranus. So they're going to be pointing over there in Taurus saying, okay, get on it. we got to work on this thing. Now, the other thing that it's going to affect is Earth. Mm-hmm. Taurus oversees the planet Earth. So I would suspect that we're going to see things happening with stuff like climate change, as well as uh, rights for animals and species and, you know, uh, humane treatment of, of all animals and, and all beings, um, as well as care for plant and all, all beings. These are really interesting things to be thinking about in terms of careers Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talked about career earlier. These are really smart places to be looking to be cutting edge because um, anything Aquarian is usually futuristic. Mm-hmm. So what can all of us do? So I guess what I'm saying is we've gone through this super hard time, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. But in this coming year, we have a chance to really break free from that. Literally get outside of the box and, in fact, maybe get rid of the box and try some really different things to solve humanity's problems unusual things are going to start coming to all of us genius ideas we need to start following up on them so i hope that gives you a little bit of hope about what 2021 is going to look like that does it gives me much hope and i'm looking forward to that new terms of hope <laughs> we all need it yeah by by the end of december things are going to look different and as we move into january yes things the momentum is going to start to pick up and in fact it will start to pick up pretty soon Mars has been retrograde for two months, so if you haven't been able to get anything done, yeah. that'll start to feel better after mid-November. Yeah, and it's retrograding back into Scorpio now currently, right? That was um, Mercury. Oh. Yeah, Mercury's back there. Mars is over in Aries. Oh, okay. Stirring up passion. Okay, so it's a, it's a great year then, a, lot, a good year for passion and prosperity. Yes, we need, but we have to think the right thoughts. We have to keep our minds on the prize and the and the positive things, and and actually look towards the future. Yeah. So all that's going on with the election, you know, the um, talks about fraud and so on and so forth. Do you see Trump actually taking back the election this year? I mean, this coming year. Uh, the process will play itself out. Okay. And what I would suggest is that all those in the United States in particular to remember this nation is still very young in terms of true history and time. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that what has been going on for four years, uh, it has been a testing of this nation and of uh, the, the country's will, the people's will, as well as 
the Constitution and all of these things about how well they work. What we're seeing right now is the process being played out. We're seeing unexpected things. And it's very important to keep in mind um, to be very calm and to uh, be very involved in things such as um, supporting the process and democracy and fairness and justice, all of those things. Those are the more, most, in other words, we have to live our ideals right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and much of this is dependent on what we, the collective as people, what do we see this nation being? And that's part of what I'm talking about for next year. What are the ideals? What are our hopes and dreams and wishes? Um, this country was invented. It was created um, more than 200 years ago. Brilliant. And so where will we go now in this new century? And so I guess I would say uh, predictions, things are changing um, every moment. And the prediction that I would say is I believe that uh, America is here to stay And I do believe that the American people have a basic sense of decency and fairness, as well as they have a constitution and there are procedures in place and there is process Mm -hmm. and trusting that process and trusting ourselves to lead us into a brighter future is what is needed now, particularly in a time of tremendous stress with the health situation, Mm -hmm. the economic situation, so many other things going on. And so I think it's very important for all of us to remember whatever happens, that it is also our job to find a way to do the healing that needed to happen in 1865 and did not happen. That's so very true that, you know, in this world, as humans, we have to look out for each other and have each other's best interests. Because a lot of what I've been hearing during this whole pandemic is a lot about people speaking about their own, you know, speaking about themselves, saying that, you know, well, well, hoarding things, you know, or just saying, oh, well, I, I want to vote for whoever be based off of this, or I want to vote for the perfect based off of that, their own ideals, but not looking at humanity as a whole and that we have to work together because we live amongst each other, you know? Yes. So we have to love each other and we have to take each other's, you know, ideals into consideration and not just our own. And that is what the Aquarian energy is demanding of us. Aquarius is a very humanitarian uh, sign. It wants to help uplift the world. It, it, it really has that strong desire to um, fulfill the, these high ideals, to create this ideal society, to, um, to bring love into action and, and uh, love for our fellow, fellow humans. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it is important for us to keep our eyes on that prize, especially as we move into the future. You know, this is the process that we're going through is a very necessary one. It is exposing the darkness And as a Scorpio, you know how important it is to look in the darkness. Mm -hmm. Once we've seen it, we are stronger. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're not so busy with astrology and working so hard, what is something that you like to do in your spare time? I also know that you're an artist and you do a lot of um, astrological watercolor painting. Is that correct? I do indeed, yes. In fact, um, I did one for each sign of the zodiac. So those are in my Follow the Sun astrology book. And and the image on the cover also is one of my oil paintings. So I enjoy art very much. And um, I love nature. I spend a, a lot of time. I really love to look at the sky in the daytime, in the nighttime, to look at the planets. I'm an air sign. So 
you know, we'd like to look at the sky and the clouds. And um, I, uh, I'm lucky enough to uh, be married to a lovely person. And um, he and I enjoy our time together, particularly in this time now when so many of us are at home. I love to cook so and to and to bake and we have a little cat so oh those are the ways that I'm uh, making sure we take care of ourselves so yes I pet my cat and I spend time in nature and I cook things and bake things for other people because when I can you know uh, is that we all need a little bit of sweetness and love don't we absolutely little TLC Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, okay, with all that you've achieved as far as success in your life, becoming an award-winning astrologer, you started your own business, um, you've been placed in the National Women's Hall of Fame, authoring your own book called Follow the Sun, A Simple Way to Use Astrology for Living in Harmony. Do you feel that without the guidance of astrology, you would, you would have achieved as much success as you have in your life? You know, it's possible that I, I might have. I think, however, I might not have uh, been, uh, I might not have felt the happiness that I felt or felt as much of it. I, I will say, uh, Kyra, that one of the great gifts I feel astrology has given me is a sense of serenity or ease because when you know the cycles and you know that astrology and life work in cycles just like we have the week you know we have seven days a week it's a cycle it repeats every week um or a month or whatever when you when you look at life as a series of cycles then you know bad times will never last good times might not but then you know to savor them as deeply as you can so i think life has perhaps a richer meaning and maybe a more poignant um sense for me. So I guess I would say I feel it's the, the difference between making a living and making a life and making it one that feels rich and, um, and filled with love and um, peacefulness. I feel I have a better shot at that by knowing astrology. Yeah. So do you feel like you found your life's purpose? Because so often people are trying to find their purpose in life. And do you feel like with astrology, you found that purpose? I definitely think that for this lifetime, it is definitely um, a major part of my purpose. Absolutely. How I, deliver, how I deliver that, how I do that, it might change. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a column that I did at one time. Maybe it's radio, which I've also done. The outward manifestation may change. But yes, I feel that. I have found a purpose through that as well as um, art, as well as the other things that I do too for self-expression. So, so yes, I guess I, I never thought about that, but yes. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So you often frequent lots of radio shows. I know you're on LinkedIn. I know you're on Facebook, but let everybody know where they can kind of connect with you a little bit more or if they want to consult with you, where they can find you. Absolutely. My website, again, is astrologeranne.com. -N -N -E Greatest place to, to find me. Once you get to the homepage, uh, at the very top, real simple menu, you can just go scroll through the homepage. It will take you to all the major places. There's a menu at the bottom that has more information, as well as the one at the top. At the very top, that, men that um, 
menu, it has something called resources. If you want the real mother load of all the resources and all of the things that I have on there about how to learn about astrology and all the things you need about what this year's astrology is doing, that's the place to go. Awesome. And also, where can everybody find your book? Is it on Amazon or is it only online on your website? It's on Amazon as well as uh, Barnes & Noble. Or if you have a favorite bookstore, you can ask them to order it for you. It's also uh, listed at Author House. And you can find that also uh, on my website. If you actually look on um, the homepage and you just scroll down, you'll find uh, in there the, the steps for personal and career. Both of them include a copy of the book so you can get a link to that. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much, Anne, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. I've got so much insight from you. You're awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was just delighted to get to talk with you and meet you. You are fabulous. You are a wonderful Scorpio. I'm just delighted to get to be on your show and talk to you. Oh, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful that I'm delighted to have you on the show. So hopefully you'll be able to have some time to come back next week or any other time you'd like to come. <laughs> Way cool. I got some 2021 articles to write. But... <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody else for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra. Join me for next week's episode. And remember, you can always like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you'd like to pick up any Vibe Selection mer merchandise, you can do so at www.teespring.com slash Vibe Selection. Or if you'd like to like and support the Vibe Selection podcast, you can do so at www.patreon.com slash Vibe Selection. See you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash Vibe Selection.